Welcome to Snack Time, featuring your hosts, Kip and Dan. Where we take some food for thought and eat it with our brains, as well as talk about what makes life so exciting. Today we'll be talking about some books and about how I became TikTok famous. Also, we will be talking about space things like the Starship, the Galactic Star Cruiser, and the Space Hotel. As well as we'll talk about our thoughts on preserving nature. What did you do this week? Kip, you want to know what I did this week? I do want to know what you did this right, week, Kip, Dan. I will tell you what I did this week. What did you so, do this week, Dan? Remember how I talked about having scuba diving diving lessons last time? Yeah. Well, I did another one. This time we went to the deep end of the pool. We were nine feet under. Yeah, Dan? Did you learn how to purge? Kip, I, I don't... I Maybe. Maybe like, I did. Did you learn how to get the water out of your respirator yet oh kip i'm i'm an expert at that i don't know yeah. how to tell you this but i'm i'm really good at that i'm also really good at getting it out of my goggles too you know that's good with the the two fingers on this front mm-hmm, that's and, right kip and blowing right like yeah kip kip i'm really really good at it i i could probably do like two at a time if i wanted to yeah yeah i could put on two masks and just blow out of them and like clear them out and then probably be like they'd be both be clear and i could give it to the other person you know yeah, yeah, I'd wow, be really, really good at that. But you know, that that's that's how scuba diving's going. That's cool, Dan. What else, I guess, have you been doing in your scuba diving lessons? Because I've only taken like an introductory, you know, like one class. So, what do you start learning the more and more you get into it? Well, Kip, the first time slash like the last last time I did it, mm-hmm. we did uh, you know, some basic stuff. We like uh worked with our buoyancy compensators, which like kind of help you get the right flotation going you know like buoyancy and then uh we we worked on you know just some basic uh clearing out your mask if it comes off that kind of thing but uh yeah the second class we really just practiced doing the sharing air which of course with covid going on you can't share air together because it's kind of sketchy especially if you both have the, the virus but um yeah, this time we just were like, okay, I'm going to motion to you underwater using my hand signals that you're out of air and need some. And then you just kind of like hand it to them, but they don't put it on. Mm. Yeah, that, that that's how that went. But yeah, that's scuba diving for you. Well, Dan, that sounds pretty cool. Have Did you like the deep end of the pool? Kip, I did. I mean, it, it beat the three feet I was in at first. Yeah. Being in nine feet, I, I thought I might get the bends. I wasn't really sure. <laughs> It's kind of, I don't know, I, I like looking down, like, you know, when you're down the bottom and looking bu- up and you get, like, that internal refraction going on, you know what I'm talking about, Dan? And mm-hmm. and so it looks like you're, like, there's a weird mirror thing going on and you can't really see up through the other side of the water. Pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Kip, I will say this much about the deep end. I mean, maybe it's just the way the, uh, the pool is, but there are quite a bit of, uh, there's some mucus and like some other nasty stuff floating in the water. You don't really discover that until you do scuba diving. Anyway, yes, it's very, very gross being at the bottom of the pool and finding out all the things that are floating in the water. But yeah, kid, that's that's what's going on, you know. 
that's how scuba diving's going. Well, that's cool, Dan. Anything else you've been doing? Well, Kip, I've been reading this book called Mistborn. Have you ever heard of Mistborn before? I have heard of it. I've never read it. Um, my wife is a huge fan of it. Um, she loves Brandon Sanderson, so she's read most of his books. But I'm not a big reader, Dan. I don't like to read. I'm illiterate, you know? Really? Kip? I'm I... not illiterate, really, but I just don't like to read. Kip, I'm not going to lie, dude. You might like this book. You want to know why? Why, Dan? Because you were telling me about how much you loved Full Metal Alchemist or The Gateway Enemy, as you put it last time. Yeah? Yeah. But you'd like this book because it's like, well, depending on, you know, what you've been exposed to, it's like The Great Train Robbery, which is like a classic Michael Crichton book. Or it's kind of like Ocean's Eleven if you're a a movie watcher. But yeah, either way, it's it's back in the olden days, you know, and like the... I don't know. I don't even know how to put it in like the the feudal era. Are uh, we in Japan, Dan? No, not Japan, but of like some European nation. Anyway, okay. they uh they're doing like a little heist kind of thingy, a little bit of like an, an operation, and uh, they have a magic they call like misting, and there's this like well, there's a couple of people who are mistborns who can do like all the magic, but either way. The magic's really cool because it's like very scientific, you know, it's like you have to burn these metals as you're doing this. Oh no, try pushing, not pulling on that thing, you know? Hmm. And it's just like them doing all these crazy stuff and like it, it augments some of their powers in like a way, you know? Or like what they're able to physically do. It's it's interesting. You might like it. Maybe no. they'll make an anime one day and you can watch it. Maybe. I, I just don't like to read that much, Dan, but it sounds pretty interesting. So, mm -hmm. I'm glad that you like it. Yeah. But, hey, Kip, I heard you were almost a TikTok millionaire. Dan, well, not with the money, but with the views, Dan. Um, so, this, for the last few weeks, I've started a YouTube live stream um, where I teach a class on physics and calculus. So, along with that, what I've been doing is I've been making some small little animations to go along with it. And so I decided, well, I'll put those on TikTok to kind of get word out about my show. And guess what, Dan? What? First video I ever posted on TikTok? First one ever. It's at 950,000 views. Wow, Kip. So, Kip, I mean, how do you? How does someone get beginner's luck like you? Dan, I have no idea. Really, Kip? I mean, I, I think it's just that. It's just, it's luck. Kip, just what do you think made it so viral? What what even is this TikTok video about? Like Dan, it's so it's a it's about reference frames, okay? And I think people on TikTok like to watch things that, you know, make them mad. It's kinda like this weird thing that people like to see things that make them mad. Um and so it's just a simple video of a of a blue ball moving across the screen, okay? And it says, which ball is moving? And then it says, that's right, it's blue. And then in the second clip, it looks as if the blue ball is not moving and the yellow ball is moving because there's two balls, right? And the thing is, is the blue ball is still what's moving because of this principle in physics called reference frames. Even though it may not look like the blue ball is moving, it actually still is the one that's moving. But as far as physics is concerned, it could be either or. And so that's kind of the whole thing. So if you guys are interested, you can go watch that video on TikTok. Uh, I think my TikTok name is like Aftermath Tutoring. Or you can just watch our live stream every Tuesday nights um, at Aftermath on YouTube. Wow. Kip, I must say this is truly inspirational. I mean, not only is the name creative, but the 
the source material is infuriating. Yeah. I mean, just imagine how much like People Magazine and all those tabloids envies you. What if they were like, you know, is Kim Kardashian moving? Yeah. Or is Kanye West? I don't know. You don't know. It's all about your reference frame, Dan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been a wild ride. And I've tried to do it two more times now to go viral. And the second one I thought would be even more infuriating that I made and, you know, go viral quicker. And Dan, this just goes to show that TikTok's weird and I don't get it because the second video got more likes, more comments quicker than the first video. But it only got 3,000 views. Mm. So I don't know. I, it's, I think there's a lot of luck involved with TikTok, honestly. Okay. The, here's, here's what I think would like be instant uh, views and luck for you. What if you just made a TikTok video and it's like, watch me reach infinity or like, you know, go to the, the limit in calculus. Like, yeah. watch me go right there. Look, look what's right here. It's a, it's a interdimensional teddy bear. You, you think? Know? Yeah, I think that would get a lot of views. Like, okay, Dan, maybe we'll, maybe we can work on that together. Yeah. We can uh, come up with that one together. But yeah, it's it's been interesting to to be a TikTok, you know, uh, go viral on TikTok overnight. I woke up, Dan, the first night I posted that video. I posted at like two a.m. Next morning, I woke up and it had almost a hundred thousand views on it. And I was like, "Is this normal?" So I started googling what is the average view count, you know, for a TikTok video and stuff. And I was like, "Oh." This isn't normal, Dan. Well, Kip, one day we hopefully are like you. That's that's all we can hope for. So, Kip, to uh, go into our technology slash sciencey discovery part of our podcast, is there anything you'd like to talk about today? Uh, sure, Dan. The first thing that comes to my mind about something we could talk about is um. I don't know if you've been watching the news lately, but in the last week or so, maybe a little more than a week ago, SpaceX launched another test flight. Did you watch that? I did, Kip. I did. Of their Starship, which is such a cool name, dude. It sounds, you know, so like we're so in the future. It sounds straight out of sci-fi kind of stuff. The Starship. Mm -hmm. But anyways, Dan, it's a really cool concept they've come up with, right? Where they've got this rocket that launches up. And then Dan, when it's like at its you know peak, when it's ready to come back down to Earth, it turns sideways and kind of glides down. It like belly flops. They call it a belly flop. It literally just turns sideways so it can glide down. It's got like wings on it so it can fly down uh, more gently. Kip, is it like the space shuttle by chance? Yeah, like, it is. Kind of like that, Dan, but it's it's a little different, and it you know it. Um. Yeah. So it. You know, Dan, this is a cool spacecraft because it's able to go up, right? And the whole thing is able to come back down without, you know, losing any part of the spacecraft. A lot of times with spacecrafts, you know, you eject parts of it and then they're gone for forever. But this whole thing just launches up and then it can belly flop, belly flop and glide mm -hmm. back down to Earth. But they've been having some problems with this thing, Dan. Really? What kind of problems, Kip? Well, Dan, it keeps blowing up. Luckily, really? it, these are just tests, right? They're unmanned. Um, but they thought they finally had it, you know, figured out with the SN10, the latest one that they, uh, tested about a week and a half ago or so. Well, Dan, they got it to go up, belly flop, and it came back down and landed. And it was on the launch pad, right where it took off from, no problem. Well, Dan, it sat there for about a minute and then guess what? 
It just randomly blew up. Really? Yeah. So, Dan, do you feel comfortable riding in this thing? Kip, not not yet. I I mean, I'd want them to at least do, like, a good 50 test flights. Maybe not that much. Maybe 71 before, like, I actually trust it. I don't know. Like, 71 proven flights, and then I'd be like, okay, so it's not going to explode. Yeah. I mean, what I just keep wondering, you know, is, really, how much money does Elon Musk actually have, right? Because he has to keep building these things and having them blow up and getting, you know... I mean, it obviously takes a long time to build these, right? So he had to have enough of them built, knowing that he was going to run into this issue. And so it's just, you know, part of me almost wonders if this last one was a publicity stunt. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know, like he purposely had it land and then just decided to blow it up for the heck of it. But Well, Kip, he, he may have put some explosives on. Maybe he was trying to be like, you know, show the world about fossil fuels. And he was like, oh, this one was flown off of pure oil. Yeah, you know, and it just exploded. I mean, it's probably you know just trying to trick us. That's my guess. It's a good guess, Dan. Um, anyways, in other space news, ready for more space news? Yeah, Dan. Kip, Kip, uh, let's hear. Um, there is supposed to be a space hotel that is supposed to go. Um, you know, that's supposed to be available for the public starting in two thousand and twenty-seven. Dan, that's only six years away. Kip, that's true. I mean, do you do you know what you will be taking up? Will we be taking the starship up, or I won't be. No. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe I might settle for a dragon capsule. Yeah. Yeah. yeah th- those those are like the smaller twelve manned ones. Yeah. That one would be nice, but um, I don't know. It's probably a. So it's like two hundred miles away. I wonder how long of a flight that is. What do you think? I don't know, Dan. I haven't looked into it. That's it's probably not that long. Uh, just cause it gotta go up, you know. Yeah. And then you're there. Kip, do you uh do you think you'd rather stay at the space hotel or the ISS if you could? Well Dan, my guess is the space hotel's gonna be a little nicer than the ISS. Probably Kip, but what if there's just a bunch of tourist trap stuff in it? It's like, oh hey, uh check out this piece of junk we found out in space. It's we're selling it in the in the gift shop as like earrings. I mean, would that entice you? I don't know. I, the I don't ISS, know. they'd at least be like, "Hey, we got these experiments. Want to take them home?" Yeah, that's that's true, Dan. I don't know. I, I think the, I mean, the whole idea about going to space still kind of freaks me out a little bit, you know. Um, just because there's, you know, it's kind of like scuba diving, how I talked about last week. There's, you know, it's it's all on technology, right? And if anything malfunctions, you're goner, right? One of the most terrifying thoughts to me is going out into space, and being like detached from whatever spacecraft or whatever i'm supposed to be attached to and just floating away because there's nothing i can do at that point i can't you know i can't swim through the air anything because there's no air resistance nothing i mean i'm literally stuck there and whatever you know acceleration i left with yeah that that's what's just gonna keep happening Dan. are you sure of this i mean like have you checked this out on the physics like calculations yeah dan you're saying if you go out of a space station untethered and you happen to push away at 0.01 kilometers per second you'll just keep going with that dan can even alex honnold like can he even recover from this dan no one the only thing you can do dan is so let's say that i want to get towards you Mm -hmm. i gotta turn away from you face behind you and hopefully i've got something in my hand and if I throw that, it'll send me towards you. Hmm. So, like, take off my helmet. No, Dan, you, you're going to need oh, your helmet. okay. 
Yeah. Maybe my, my boots or something, right? Maybe. Maybe, like, the pictures I have in my wallet, just start flinging them out yeah. like cards. That that could be enough, Dan. You just need... Mm. I mean, if you have enough to slow your velocity down and get you going the other direction, then you're good. You'll eventually, you know, get there. But Kip, I think they'll just, like, send us with, you know, some uh, Febreze cans. Like, it'll probably have Febreze on it because it'll be sponsored. And it'll be like, that's a little thruster. Or it could, or it could be, like, Wally and use fire extinguishers, Dan. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that that would work. I think. Well, that would work. One of the best movies ever, ever made, by the way. Just mm-hmm. throwing that out there. Kip, dude, have you, uh, talking about space hotels, have you heard of the space hotel they're building at Disney World on the ground? I haven't, Dan. No? So, Kip, there is this all-immersive Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser hotel they're making at Disney World. It has absolutely no windows except out into space, if you know what I'm saying. Like, the whole thing simulated, I think you can only stay there, like, two nights or so they're planning. And, like, you probably have, you know, a couple of, uh, of aliens on board and they're probably serving you drinks or whatever and yeah um you just get to stay in these little like pods and yeah they they send you to the parks on like buses with no windows because it's supposed to be like your little pod or something like that does that interest does that sound interesting to you it sounds interesting but dan honestly it sounds claustrophobic It, it just sounds like i'd be trapped you know like i don't know like i yeah I don't like that. It's kind of like going into space. <laughs> I feel trapped up there, too. True. I mean, I imagine, you know, anytime there's a a fire going on, you know, someone leaves their uh, space coffee maker on, they all have to land the ship. Yeah. Right? They're like, oh, no, just stay inside. We're just landing it. Emergency landing in the middle of Florida. You know. Yeah. Then you'll go outside. And you'll be like, what's that box? And they'll be like, oh, that box right there, that's the fence around the starship. <laughs> and, you know, the illusion will be kept. You, you know think? what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe this, w- maybe this would be a good start. Uh, this hotel would be a good way to, like, kind of slowly work your way up to the space hotel. You know, that's uh, actually in space. Yeah. Well, except there won't be any parks in the space hotel. That's true. Like, to travel to. But, yeah, it, it could be good, you know, see how you feel being trapped in a ship. For- yeah couple days i don't know uh, kip i it's definitely I, th- I interesting. Think, i think i'd be scared just seeing all the, the ig11 robots and like the, the bounty hunters all the mandalorians around yeah doing some sketchy things is it supposed to be based like star on Cruiser. is it supposed to be like based on star wars universe do you know yeah no kip it is the star wars universe oh it I is mean, yeah I, I think it's you know supposed to be like the new movies you know that trilogy okay. not really sure but um yeah, I I hope it's based on like the New Hope and all those because those are my favorite ones. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Well, interesting, Dan. So Kip, I thought today for our food for thought segment we would talk about preserving nature. What is your approach to preserving nature, Kip? Ooh, Dan, don't get me started on this one. I think this is a uh, you know something that's a little bit going down the rabbit hole. Um, because I think you know. I don't know. I I think that no matter where we kind of look, um, it's it's hard to figure out how to preserve nature, right? Because no matter where we go, there's always going to be something that's going to be affected somehow, right? And so it's trying to figure out. I think you know the best word I like to use is sustainable or sustainability, right? Or the ability that 
you know, we, we can, I don't know, or maybe working with the land instead of against it. That's kind of like my overview thought, Dan. What's, what's your overview thought on that? Yeah, what's my thought about preserving nature? Yeah. You know, I was a boy scout. In fact, I'm an Eagle scout. So that makes me like a pro. Um, pro what? Well, pro at like wilderness stuff, you know? Okay. I'm yeah. Like probably preserving nature. That's like included. Anyway, um, I think that like preserving nature, the key is to make the least impact you can. I mean, I kid you not, I see a lot of people going off trail and just like ruining trails out there. Like trails are hard enough to maintain themselves, you know, with humans on them. Mm -hmm. When people go off trail, it just like erodes the trails away and it allows like less plants to take root, you know, especially when there's like people stomping on them, things like that. And uh, I mean, not only that, but you know, uh, sometimes if you try to bushcraft, as they call it, as in like make your own food, mm -hmm. at least, you know, if we're talking about national parks, right. um, I think you're taking away the, the life sustaining things of other animals, you know, their food, their water, things like that. And you're kind of scaring them away too. They, uh, you know, a lot of animals are shy. Not just elks, but probably bears too. I know a few bears that have ran away from me a couple times. Dan, you know bears? Kip, I know I know all the the bears. Beringsting bears, uh, the country bear jamboree at Disney World. I know quite a few bears. Dan, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, Kip, I've seen two bears in my lifetime actually. Yeah, two. Yeah, one in one in the Tetons, and he was eating a berry bush, and I was like, okay, should not be eating those berries. And then the second time was in Yosemite. I was just uh, you know, in the Yosemite. In the Yosemite yeah, in the, Valley? In the Yosemites, yeah. Wow. I was in the valley, and I was just going back to the car because we were about to go on a climb. Dan, I've never been to the Yosemites. Really? The Yosemites? Well, dude, um, it's a big valley. It's actually where uh, where they filmed The Shining, like the inside of the hotel, believe it or not. Oh, really? At a hotel, Awani, I think it's called. Hmm. And yeah, anyway, there's there's a lot of bears around there, and they're always like getting into like a bunch of the bear canister things because people are really, really bad at like locking those up and they get real fat too hmm. anyway this bear he wasn't he wasn't going into bear canister although once i did see him i was like dang i have a few apples on me i better put that in the bear canister around this climb anyway yeah i was just going back to this car and this bear was in the middle of the uh trail and i just backed up a bit and i was like i remember what i learned in the tetons like i just went right by that bear and i just made a little bit of a noise like a little bit of a clicky noise so that's what I did in the Yosemites. I just backed up and I was like, doo -doo 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 -doo. and this bear was like, oh crap, better run, there's humans. And I scared him off. And anyway, you know, I don't want him thinking that I'm, I'm his friend, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, some, some people have terrible manners and like, you know, they don't, they don't think of food as like a, a, a nice gesture. They think of it as like a, you know, a way to use you. Mm -hmm. bears use you believe it or not they do yeah not just people but bears too dang dan bears are jerks yeah a little bit a little bit sometimes i thought they were cute and cuddly well, anyway anyways back to preservation real quick here um dan i i agree with you you know with a lot of the things you've been saying um but on top of that you know i think that um we tend to you know it's important like you're saying you know one person goes off the trail right and a lot of people what they'll think is well, I'm just one person. It's not a big deal. Well, the problem is, Dan, is that especially in a place like a national park, 
you're not just one person anymore, right? These are people from all over the world that come to see these national parks. So if everyone had that mindset of, well, I'm just one person, there would be trails everywhere, right? Everything would be stomped down. If everyone thought, oh, well, I can just take these bushes and start a fire with them because I need to stay warm. If everyone thought that there would be nothing left, right? Or, you know, like if you go to the petrified forest in Arizona and you're like, well, I can just take a piece. But it's like, well, if everyone just took a piece, then there would be nothing left. And so that's kind of, you know, you, you we have to remember that we're not the only ones, right? And everything we do does affect someone else and it affects the animals and it affects the land. So we have to kind of have like almost a, you know, a global thought process when we're doing anything. And anyone that's doing preservation work also kind of needs to have that mindset. Mm -hmm. I agree, Kip. I think that, uh, I mean, if you think about it, these national parks, like, yeah, we do get resources from other places, but like those places often have a lot of resources. We all went into design and like started picking out their vegetables and stuff. Like that area alone just is not made to sustain humans. So, you know, you really ought to just uh, stay put with uh, where we're getting our, our resources, I guess, you know, just don't uh, don't ruin it for others and for the wildlife. Yeah. All right, Dan. Thank you, all of our listeners, for tuning in to Snack Time. I'm Kip. And I'm Dan. Have a great week.